Disclaimer. In this story, we will be discussing a double murder-suicide. This chapter may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning, so please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. Anything said, unless released by the police, should be considered speculation. Hey, what's up? It's been a while. Today the story is pretty wild. <laughs> um, today's story is of Desiree Stepperfine. Stepperfine? Stepperfine? Stepperfine, I believe. We believe. We'll see. We'll leave this in there. Sometimes last names are hard. Mm-hmm. So Desiree was the sole survivor of a double homicide suicide. Desiree was born to Angela and David Seferfine. I wish I knew. Likely in 1995, as she was 17 years old at the time of the crime in 2012. They lived in Livonia, Michigan, a small city near Detroit. I'm not sure about much of Desiree's life before the crime, as nothing was released prior and nothing could be found much from before this crime happened. I'm not sure if she had siblings or anything like that. I do believe that after the incident, she moved states. In 2021, she started to update a Facebook profile once in a while, but I could not find nor confirm the profile to be hers. She also seems to have a Twitter profile, but it was only updated twice in 2012 and nine times in 2014. That being said, she posted photos of herself and stuff like that, so it, it was her Twitter. Hmm. So the crime took place on April 4th, 2012, and on June 28th, just months after the crime, Desiree tweeted for the first time, and the quote read, Fare you well, fare you well, I love you more than words can tell. So she's definitely struggling with mm-hmm. the crime that we'll get into. She made her last tweet in June of 2014, and I fully believe that she chose to drop off the map due to people harassing her. Not even just that, but many people cruelly speculated on how authentic she was in her 911 call, picked her words apart, and even went as far as pulling photos of her in 2014 at a Halloween party with her friends and judging her for it, stating it, quote, looked like she was doing just fine. Like, and this is crazy. We'll play the 911 call later a little bit, and I don't know. It's just so messed up that people can say some of the things that they do online people are cruel especially so when cruel. they're hiding behind a screen, a screen. Mm. I, uh, yeah it's terrible she has to hide pretty much because i'm sure when she was active on twitter and facebook she probably received messages or tweets that she would have to delete like mm-hmm. every single day imagine how many people would have been contacting her to be the first to get the inside story you know youtube channels um special episodes on like A&E like all of those places probably were contacting her yeah it really puts it into perspective that there's a better way to go about true crime storytelling and I'm really just hoping that I don't ever make someone feel bad whether it's a surviving victim or a family member oh same same right like I that's like the hardest part about doing this is like not ever wanting to Hoping that they don't hear just in case there's any possible mm. way that we've offended them. Yeah. Like, please don't, I don't know, 
we're just telling the stories, the information we know we're not. People love true crime. We mm-hmm. don't know why. I don't know why I love it so much. It's not like, I don't like it. I don't know. It people just do. interests people. It, it is just a thing. It's and not. That's do it. We're not, not doing this in any malicious way. And if there's no. ever anything we say, it's not intentional. But it doesn't change the fact that sometimes people get offended. Yeah. And honestly, some of the problem I think is how people who are offended deal with that. Mm-hmm. Instead of just scrolling on or skipping it or whatever, they feel the need to verbally and. Um, I guess, electronically attack people, which is a next level kind of sad. Yeah. Ugh. It's really hard, you know, but like, but we all also have our reasons for doing this. Like, we're not a huge production on TV. We're not making thousands of dollars or 20, hundreds of thousands of dollars on YouTube right now. We are doing it for our own reasons. Like one of my reasons is like the mental health behind it. Yep. I like to have that discussion, especially with you. And we like bounce off of each other and, you know, we talk about that. Mm-hmm. And also just like awareness. That's sometimes right. It's like, hey, these things can happen if sometimes you're not careful. That's right. And I, I enjoy doing it because like we were just talking about before we hit record that we can all look at the same document from a true crime case. And mm-hmm. to me, certain things are such common sense, but listening to some others is like mind boggling. So They're I like reaching. to They're reaching and reaching, reaching, and reaching, reaching without even like trying to grasp common sense first, in my opinion. So I just I like to talk it out just to make sure I'm not the crazy one, mm-hmm. you know, get my thoughts out and. Or at least have two sides of the story out there so that people aren't jumping on the same bandwagon. Exactly. Let's not all like... Get our pitchforks out and (laughs) run down the street. Exactly. It just drives me nuts and I just, I think that... Conversation's healthy. Conversation's healthy and it's good for me to hear that you're not thinking about that right either, right? (laughs) And it's good that you can do that sometimes, so... Yeah. So that's what we think. (laughs) So... On April 4th, 2012, Desiree and her then-boyfriend, Jake Burns, were in her home when, unbeknownst to them, her ex-boyfriend, Brian Douglas White, had broken in around 7.30 a.m. Brian was able to hold Desiree hostage before forcing her to watch as he axed her boyfriend to death. Oh my god. Brian was a troubled 19-year-old who had a bit of an obsession with the 2000 American Psycho movie starring Christian Bale. You can look back at all of his Facebook posts because they've been screen grabbed, not because they're actually out there because the account obviously was deleted. And it goes a little further than just loving horror movies like myself. You know, he's, he's zoned in. You know, he zoned in on this very specific film and he would make status quotes from the movie. His cover photo was a murder scene with blood splattered all over the mattress, wooden nightstand, and also across the floor. So just like a massacre scene. One quote on his page read, I like to dissect girls. Did I mention I'm utterly insane? And another read, I hate the word manipulation. Those are from the movie. His wall also had other cryptic updates, such as on March 19th, before the murders, just before the murders, pretty much, he said, withering into nothing and what a polite murderer. (laughs) 
It's obviously not a coincidence that Christian Bale's character takes an axe to someone's face in this movie, and then Brian chooses an axe to commit his horrendous crimes. I would say he was obsessed. I'd say so. Right? It's twisted. So twisted. There's not much information, but we know that Brian would have been in the house for about five hours before Desiree was able to call 911. Within that five hours, Desiree was held hostage, beat, and forced to watch her ex-boyfriend murder her current boyfriend. I'm going to play the 911 call so everyone can get a sense of the timeline in Desiree's eyes. Let's listen. Volume 911, what's the address of your emergency? No, there has been a murder-suicide. There is no survivors. Please send Okay, help. what's going on? Who, what's going on? Um, my ex-boyfriend broke into my house and killed my current boyfriend and then killed himself. Okay, did you just find them? Um, no, he killed my current boyfriend and then he held me hostage and he just shot himself in the head. Just now? Yeah. Okay, stay on the line with me. <laughs> and, um, he kind of beat me up, so, and my parents aren't home, it's just me and I'm 17. What's his name? Brian White and Jake Burns are the victims. Jake Bird? So just really quickly there, um, she said there are two victims, Mm -hmm. and that is one part that people have picked apart to be like, that's weird. Why would she say two victims? Um, Like Almost like pointing out that maybe she was involved somehow, and it's like, okay, she called them two victims because it's two people that she knew. One killed himself, and one was murdered. Right. They're two victims. They're both dead. One's a victim of mental health and the other one's a victim of mental health. And she probably didn't think that deeply into it. Common sense says that there's two dead people in front of me. Yeah. You you know what I mean? And remember, so far in this story, what we have relayed this crime as. Do you remember? A double murder-suicide? Yeah. What does that usually mean? He killed two people plus a suicide plus himself. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm going to continue playing the clip now. Okay. B-U-R-N-S. Burn, okay. Um, and where's the weapons at right now? What? Where are the weapons at? Where's the, the gun? gun is, the axe is in Jake's head and the gun is oh in Brian's hand. Where are you at inside the house? Um, I'm sitting in our breakfast nook. Uh, Brian's in the living room. There's the kitchen between us. He's, he's dead. He's gone. And so Brian killed Jake. Yeah. Don't touch anything, okay? Can you do me a favor? Can you go sit on the porch? Yeah. What's um, your name? Desiree Staperfenny. I can't walk, so I have to hide. You can't walk? Okay, just stay there. Are you still tied up? No. Okay, do you need an ambulance? Oh, my God. What, Desiree? Yes. Okay, what happened? Oh, I put too much pressure on my leg. Okay. How long did he hold you guys captive for? What? How long did he hold you captive for? Oh, God, since like 8 o'clock. Since 8 o'clock this morning? Yeah. Did he break into the house? Yeah, my mom, he watched my mom leave. He watched And I guess came in when Jake and I were sleeping. Okay, yep. Okay, are you on the, are you on the porch right now? Yeah, the, it's. Sorry, my leg really hurts. No, no, no. That's okay. Do you need an ambulance? Um, I, yep. an ambulance? No. A medic? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what it, that's what's going to be on <laughs> like the ambulance. I don't need to go to the hospital. Okay. I, 
I just want to get these bodies out of my house. Okay. Yep, we're on the way. Okay, thank you. Are you going to stay on the line? Okay. Nope, her mom left for work. And there's nobody else in there, correct? Correct. I can call my dad. He's He works at Six and Haggerty, so he can be home in about 10 minutes. Uh, my mom doesn't have a cell phone, so I don't know how to get a hold of her because she, she doesn't have a job. She got picked up by a friend this morning. Um. <laughs> okay. All right, but there is nobody, just confirming, there is nobody else in the house? No. Okay, and where does Brian live at? Where would he be registered out of? Uh, five in Newburgh. I don't know his address. You don't know his Houghton address? Street. Do you know his, he lives on Houghton? Yeah. Okay, do you know his, uh, here in his mom's name. He wants me to call his mom, but. Yeah, no, don't worry about that. We'll take care of that. Yeah, my cell phone's inside. I grabbed the house phone because he yep. had my cell phone when he shot himself, and I didn't even want to look. No, that's fine. Okay, do you know what his middle name and date of birth uh, are? The cop is passing me right now. Okay, yeah, he's probably just going to park just down the street. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, no, not a problem. Just stay on the line with me until he's up there with you, okay? Okay. I, I can't walk. He beat me up. I can't walk. Do you know what Brian's middle name is? Douglas. And do you know what his date of birth is? It, tomorrow. He would be turning 20. He would be 20 tomorrow? There's no one else in the house. They're all dead. They, they can't yeah, the officer's coming up to me right now. Um, okay, go ahead and talk to the officer. Okay, okay Desiree? You. All right. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so... She seemed very calm, not panicked. At first, I think she sounded a little bit panicked. I think once she got away from, like, the scene, I think that's what trauma does to you, though. Yeah, like, I have no idea. I'm not judging, but my first... That's what people are saying, too. I can only assume that she just went through something so traumatic, but I don't know. I I'm just guessing it's trauma. It's trauma. She hasn't dealt with it yet. It's something that's going to hit her later. And probably something she still struggles with is what I would assume. I can't right. think of any other way to think of it. Here. So as we hear in that call, Desiree is traumatized from what I thought. Uh, she's in pain and she doesn't know what to do. She talks about not knowing how to get into contact with her mom, but states that she can call her dad who can be there pretty quickly. What she didn't know at this time was that Brian had already axed her mom to death before holding her hostage and murdering Jake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super sad. Holy. So she's like, she believes that her mom would have left like right before 8 a.m. And then her ex-boyfriend broke in after the mom left. But it's more accurate that he broke in before 7.30 a.m. before the mom had left. Killed her, so the mom was perhaps. in the house dead, and she had no idea. No idea. That is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Even, like, to mention on the phone to be like, I don't have a way to get a hold of my mom, and, like, that's who she talked about first kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just really sad. Um, one of Angela's friends, Nancy Radke, said, if Angie had anything to do with it to defend herself, I'm sure she went out in a blaze of glory. She was a feisty person. Which is also crazy to think, like, I don't know, maybe it's a big house that they didn't hear it if it happened inside, or did he? What if it was that early in the morning and mm -hmm. she said her mom doesn't work, she's probably still in bed. 
The 911 call let officers know that Brian and Jake would be found dead, but Angela's death was a horrific discovery. I feel for Desiree as this would have been such a horrible day. Desiree did end up going to the hospital for treatment after being beaten up, even though she said that that's not what she wanted on the call, but obviously the police officers were like, you can't walk, you need to go to the hospital. Right. And usually like trauma, shock, adrenaline, you don't... It's probably worse than than what she thought. That's right. Desiree's neighbor, Lisa Collins, told the Detroit News that Brian approached Desiree a week earlier. She said he was very controlling and that was why she broke it off with him. Uh, She got out, thank God. To end this one, I'm going to read the family statement. Uh, There's really not too much to go into here. I just thought like the 911 call was interesting and therefore Mm -hmm. the story would be interesting for almost like a shorter episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, it's good to talk about anyways because I feel like this girl was... uh probably bullied online hopefully she's doing okay now but yeah no people are definitely having um opinions online that are hurtful that they just like have no place having Mm -hmm. um it sucks that like she can't have a social media without people are people not able to put yourself in somebody else's position like that is the true meaning of empathy you have to be able to see things from their point of view Mm -hmm. and try to imagine what it would feel like literally i don't understand the human race sometimes like the dad and herself they have decided to live a normal private life they're not like some other people who will go on multiple different like shows and storylines and do interviews. They are choosing not to say a word. Mm-hmm. Respect that. We know that now. That is their. That is what they're saying. That's leave right. them alone. That's right. Once you know, leave them alone. So to end this one, I'm going to read the family statement. This is what they put out there before choosing to stay out of the public eye. So this is all we've heard from them. The Staperfine family wishes to extend their heartfelt thanks to many friends, neighbors, and their extended family, as well as the Livonia community and its young people, for their prayers, sympathy, kindness, and condolences in the wake of this horrific tragedy. Despite the unbelievable pain and loss of Desiree losing her mother and David Staperfine's loss of his loving wife of 21 years, we are grateful that Desiree was able to survive. It is the one shining miracle we all hold on to in the face of this unthinkable event. Our sympathies also are with the family of Jake Burns. He was a family friend that the Staperfiends welcomed into their home as they had done countless times for others. David and Angela both have extended their hospitality and hearts to so many. It is comforting to hear what an impact such graciousness has meant for others, and we appreciate the kind favors you have given from your own hearts at this time of need. The family will be setting up the Angela K. Stipperfine Fund for those who wish to donate toward funeral and other expenses. It is so deeply unfortunate that a simple breakup would cause such an everlasting pain and loss. Please know that the Staperfiend family is resilient, strong, and with courage. If anything in this world is a testament to such a thing, it is Desiree's survival. 
She is a wonderful reflection of her mother's strong convictions and her father's calm, steady guidance. We can only hope that other young people will understand that a breakup is not a permanent loss, but a gateway to another path. Had the perpetrator of these killings understood that healing is a better alternative to anger and hurt, nobody would be experiencing anything but the continuation of their lives. God bless the Saperfine family and friends. P.S. Desiree would like to thank the officer who first arrived on the scene for his compassion and care. It's sad. It's Very well sad. thought out, but it's sad. That is all. Thank you to everyone who listened to this chapter. Again, it's a short one, short and sweet, but I find the 911 call interesting, and that's why I wanted to do it. For sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's sad, and we don't know what mental illness Brian suffered from. At least depression, I could assume. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, there's not very much information released on this one at all. They don't, um, they don't dive into it, and you can't really find um, police investigation documents or anything. And that's pretty common with murder suicides. Yeah, Um, it's locked down. That's terrible, though. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five-star rating, it will help our show grow. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree, And I'm Char. And we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye. Bye.